0: minimum of 4 lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due $35 per line connection charge applies ctmobile.com
1: I was told there would be wins right now there is win uh, singular one against 5 losses meaning the 2019 red Sox have the worst record in major league Baseball. I think I read somewhere last year they were 17 and two, and a loss Tuesday night in Oakland means the 19 Red Sox now have done something by April 3rd that never happened at all in 2018. They've lost four games in a row. We'll break it down. We'll dry our tears. We'll soldier forward. We'll do it now. WEEI presents what we like to call Sox Daily Podcast. It's your daily Sox podcast. It's your Daily Socks Podcast. It's where you're gonna find
0: out what the socks are doing. It's your Daily Socks Podcast. It's your Daily Socks Podcast.
1: I've got that incredulous look. The, the hands behind the head like Thomas Hill of Duke after Christian Leitner hit the turnaround jumper against Kentucky. Except these are not tears of joy. This is just, what? Oakland won Boston nothing after Oakland seven, Boston nothing. So really the only thing that's changed from Seattle is instead of Dana Evanji answering questions, Tim Hires will be answering questions. What's up? with the bats and here's a question for Chris Sale what's up with the velocity being down and finally a question for Xander Bogarts was there a clause in that newly signed contract whereby you must get thrown out by Ramon Laureano in every single game we'll dive in on all that but the uh, 280 Twitter characters version of this uh, the Sox are one in five and they've still got five games left on this road trip the 2018 Red Sox didn't suffer their fifth loss until April 23rd also in oakland that was right after the sean menea no hitter and the Sox ended up with one run scored in their last 20 innings of that series at the coliseum this year they opened with zero runs in 18 innings at the coliseum so i'm no math major but what is that one run in their last 38 innings here here's another one run in th- well 36 innings actually these current a's starters none of whom you could pick out of a lineup they could all walk right by you you'd think they all worked at a bank uh, one run allowed in their last six games. That's an ERA of a quarter, not not three and a quarter, not two and a quarter, just a quarter, as in 0.25. So the Tuesday headline: Mike Fires beats Chris Sale one nothing on a Matt Chapman home run. Last time the A's beat the Red Sox one nothing on a home run, it was looked up. April of 1967, Jim Nash beat Bucky Brandon. The home run was hit by Danny Cater. Just thought you'd like to know. This start to this season is now like the famous open on the American version of The Office. Kevin's homemade chili. You guys remember that one where Kevin from accounting comes in and he's talking to the camera carrying this huge vat of homemade chili. And he's talking about how everybody's going to totally love him because this chili is great. This, everything's going to go wonderfully. It's all going to start with this chili. And, and then he trips and the chili gets all over the carpet. He trips and falls. It gets all over his suit. He's just kind of splatting around in this chili. That's what this season is right now. It's Kevin's homemade chili. Let's dive into the scorebook. We'll pick this thing apart. Uh, The Red Sox are the first reigning World Series champions to start one and five since the Dave Dombrowski 1998 Marlins. That team went on to lose 108 games. Of course, that was the fire sale year. Speaking of which, that was our pitching matchup, fire sale. Isn't that so cute? I can't, I can't get away from that one. Mike Fires against Chris Sale. And there wasn't a pitch thrown at more than 91 miles an hour until the seventh inning of this game when both of those dudes were gone. And you're saying, wait a minute. I get that about Mike Fires. I really do because he's a, a bit of a, a slop baller. But Chris Sale is not a slop guy. That's not slop city. On this particular night, yes, he was. He had to be. Uh, seven of his first nine pitches were fastballs, but they were all 89 to 91. So only 22 of his last 78 pitches, or about one every four pitches, was a fastball. It was very 99 Pedro against the Indians in Game 5. Just a lot of guile and cunning and, as Dennis Eckersley would say, salad. A lot of Chris Sale salad, which is not easy to say. Six innings of three-hit ball, just the one-run allowed, couple of walks, one strikeout. That's right, Chris Sale struck out one guy. And it was Stephen Piscotty in the first inning, and that was it. Roger Clemens once had, rather famously, a zero strikeout game at Fenway in 1987, and he won that game. Chris Sale with one strikeout in 87 pitches almost won this game, probably should have won this game. We're going to get into all of that right now. But uh, only once last year did the Sox lose 5 of 6, which is pretty incredible. But they've already done it here now in 2019, and it's only April 3rd. I heard Dale and Keefe talk in WEEI earlier in the day. Which pitcher did you have the most confidence in to get this right now going forward once they left Seattle? And their vote was David Price, who actually did pitch very well in the Monday game. Even though the, the line doesn't really make it look that way, the stuff was very good. He struck out nine. His start was the best of a bad bunch once through that rotation. Chris Sale did not have velocity. And he told the media after the game, it's not about velocity. It's about giving your team a chance to win. And he did that. And Dana Lavangi asked the media rhetorically after the game, do you guys want him to pitch the whole year, or do you want him to throw 100 right now and then not be there for the team? He's building. He's building towards something. But unfortunately, this building is on fire right now. The Red Sox and the Yankees are a combined 3-8 and uh, the Mariners are 7-1, and by the way, off to their best start in franchise history. Only the Mitch Moreland magic way back in Game 2 has prevented 8-0 and for them. It's the first 1-5 start for the Red Sox since 2012, the dreaded Bobby Valentine year. So in this game, it was a first-inning homer by Matt Chapman. He barely got it over the wall and left. And that made it 16 home runs allowed in six games by boston pitching the Sox have been out of homeward 16 to 6 now last year they gave up their 16th home run in their 24th game of the year this was the sixth game of the year and chris sale averaging 89.3 miles an hour on the fastball that's the lowest of his career so indeed he was kind of in and out all over the place with the sliders and the change-ups and At least he got through six innings with it. And Brandon Workman pitched okay after that. The the bullpen has been terrific this year. It really has. Second best Major League ERA, the bullpen, 1.6. The starters came in with the worst ERA, 11.14. Makes it sound like a bad joke. I really thought Chris Sale was ready to just dominate in this game because we saw it with Blake Snell earlier in the day. He's a guy that, like Sale, allowed three home runs in his first start of the year, opening day. And then he kind of took that personally. He struck out 13 in seven innings in his game on Tuesday. Again, Sale, alas, only struck out one. And I know it's not how you start. It's a marathon, said the the late Nipsey Hussle, if we may bow our heads for a moment. Uh, There's a lot of season left. In fact, 96% of the season is still about to be played here. This particular game, uh, you had two world champions playing within 100 yards of each other. Golden State was playing at Oracle Arena. The Red Sox were playing in uh, Oakland Coliseum. And this was a more interesting, fascinating game than the one that the Nuggets and the Warriors staged because that one was a blowout. This one was super close, and the Red Sox had multiple opportunities. They, I mean, Mike Fires was not all that impressive. This is a guy that somehow is working on a string of 12 shutout innings right now, but Sox got the leadoff man on in the second with a check swing JD Martinez single. He stayed anchored to the bag, he never moved. You had a Mookie Betts double to right in the third inning, and he never moved off second base. Lead-off single in the fourth from Rafael Devers. And, in fact, it was first and third, but Brock Holt bounced out. Brock is not having a good start. He's 0-6 for 6 with four strikeouts to start his year. Actually struck out to end this game, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, sixth inning, lead-off single and a stolen base for Andrew Benintendi. And he died on the vine. Seventh inning, how about Christian Velazquez a double deep to left. And then he steals third base, of all things. And then... Jackie Bradley Jr. strikes out and spikes his bat like it's a football from Gronkowski. So it stays 1-0. Nothing nothing really in the eighth against Lou Trevino. And then in the ninth against Blake Trinan, working on a 23-inning scoreless streak. What an amazing opportunity. After J.D. Martinez strikes out, Xander Bogarts fouls the ball off his instep and is in a lot of pain. And I said on the air, and I know that this is a Boston podcast, so you're not supposed to invoke the name of Bucky Dent. But as he's writhing around and it's a long delay, I'm thinking, you know, th- there's been a shortstop before that fouled one off, got, you know, all bent out of shape about it, then steps up and then hits a dramatic home run. And then sure enough, the next pitch, it looks like he hit it out. But there's this wacky wall in right centers. There's all kinds of cutouts and it's just a funky setup in right center. And it's a, a 388 marker out there in right center. Xander Bogarts hit the three in 388. If he hits that ball eight inches to the left, it misses the three. It gets around the cutout. It goes out, and it's a tie game. But it it didn't. It it hit the three, and then a couple things conspired as he started to zoom around the bases. Number one, he didn't start zooming right away. He stood there and watched it just for a minute, and that cost him. The fact that he had just blasted the foul ball off his instep – That cost him, because once he did get running, he wasn't running very well. Final thing that cost him is a little stutter step around second base. All of those things not helping at all, but the final indignity, the guy he was trying to run on to get from second to third, was Ramon Laureano, the same guy that had gunned him down at a home plate the night before with a 96-mile-an-hour strike from the outfield. Credit this kid, Laureano. He is a joy to watch and he sent one in on two quick hops from deep right center. He had peeled the ball off the warning track, and the ball was waiting for him. He almost beat it. They had to go to replay. It was very, very close. You can make the case just like the night before that maybe the call should have been safe, but they didn't have the evidence to overturn. So for a second straight night, Bogarts is gunned down by Loriano, and that's basically the ball game because Holt strikes out right after that. So here you have it. Instead of 17-2, and two, it's one in five. That's just amazing. And Alex Cora left to pick up the pieces, so to speak. That's the song they open with, by the way, is pick up the pieces. When the, when the A's take the field, it's like a 1975 standard, very cool riff. But I, 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 nobody cares about that. I'm sorry. I just, that just reminded me of that. Picking up the pieces. Here's Alex Cora meeting the media after the game.
0: Hey, pitch. He pitched for six innings, you know, one pitch up in the zone to Chapman. He got he got, he got to it. But besides that, you know, a lot of change-ups. I guess sliders, you know, velocity wasn't there. But, uh, I mean, for whatever he had, he, he did a good job keeping them a balance and gave us a chance to win. Alex, he went away from his fastball after the first inning. Was that he just never was able to? I mean, uh, you know probably making adjustments you know and then you know, he kept throwing the change up and they didn't make adjustments he used a slider and he sprayed the fastball out of the zone so you know we're trying to get outs, you know in innings and we got six from him they only scored one he gives a chance to win when he's not getting the swing and misses i mean do you, have, do you have to kind of check with him just to make sure everything's okay i was checking him yeah him and dana too so okay. you know so far everything's good was the fact that he was never able to get over 91, 92, was that a concern? Or? I mean, I saw like 92 in the fifth or sixth, you know. I mean, he pitched, you know. you. I try to stay away from the velocity thing, you know, because sometimes you get caught up on it and it's like, well, is he going to be all right? But you know, he gave a six, you know. The way he did it, it was different, but he gave he a gave six. What do you think of Xander's decision there in the, the ninth? I mean, <laughs> it took a five-star play to get him out of third. Yeah. I mean, just like yesterday. I mean, the kid is, he's a game changer. He's a game changer. Since he got here to Oakland, you know, and, and the third baseman, they changed the game defensively. They they do an outstanding job. And, I mean, the ball was, what, two feet from going out. The guy jumps, goes to the fence, gets to the ball, and, and throws all the way there. I mean, you get to third with less than two outs. Yeah. On the fly ball, you score. You know, so that's the way the game goes. You know, right now, um, you know, nothing is going our way, and, now, the ball should be, should be out, doesn't go out. He should be a third, and he makes a great third. So you take your hat to him.
1: You guys obviously expected his velocity to be lower at this point in the season, but is it even lower than you guys had expected? I have to
0: check on it, yeah. I mean, sometimes you go by the radar here, and I've been in situations that sometimes they cl- crank it up, sometimes they put it down. So I don't know. We'll check the numbers and all that. Obviously, we'll talk about it. We'll talk with him. We'll check on him. But, I mean... At least, you know, he gave us six. That's the way I see it. You know, that's a positive. We haven't done that the whole season. And he went out there and competed and gave us six innings, and they only scored one run.
1: All right, so that's the skipper after a night where the Red Sox went one out of 13 with men on base. Uh, At least Chris Sale drops that ERA from 21 to 8. But the velocity drop, obviously, is something that's being talked about and I certainly understand that Oakland now has hit 13 home runs through eight games very impressive only their 1994 team did any better than that with McGuire hitting only two of them it was Ruben Sierra and Troy Neal hitting most of them of all things McGuire hit only nine that year he was hurt and then there was a strike anyway time for the Red Sox to start hitting some home runs too Mookie Betts has one Ben intending none in fact Benny has none in his last 110 at-bats going back to last year. Devers none. Uh, you're looking at uh, who else doesn't have one yet? Jackie Bradley Jr. doesn't have one yet. Maybe against Marco Estrada now. That's the the game coming up on Wednesday night. Estrada is a you know, he's a fly ball guy. Needs some some defense behind him in the outfield. Needs some thick air, a spacious field. He's got all that in Oakland, so maybe that's a good fit. 35-year-old right-hander who was torched three times last year by the Red Sox. His ERA, 7.98 against them a year ago. It will be Nate Evaldi going for the Red Sox. And Nate, like many others in this rotation, not a great first step. Nice to have him back, though. There were only two teams, it turns out, that he had interest in signing with this offseason, Red Sox and his hometown Astros. And the rumor started circulating in late November that Houston was one of the most aggressive pursuers, but he says no. That's not not actually what happened. It was a one-horse race. He said, I would have had more talks with the Astros, but they just didn't want any part of it. They were out, out of the question for me. Philly was interested. Angels were interested. He just had no interest in them. It was going to be Boston or Houston, and the Astros never really showed up to court him. The Astros choosing to ride into 19 with Verlander and Cole, both in uh, contract years. Colin McHugh was their third starter. Wade Miley as their, their other guy in the, the top four. I don't know about you guys. I'll take the Red Sox over the Astros rotation. And certainly the Yankees, who are completely banged up right now. The Yankees and the Red Sox are a combined 3-8. and eight. I'm just putting that out there. That's uh, that's odd juju. But, but that's what you have right now. And here are the Sox, somehow 1-5, and five, needing a big start from Vivaldi as it's Bay Area against Bay State again. And... <laughs> It's incredible, but, and I don't know why, but in this ballpark, somehow, the Bay Area team has gone 37-15 and 15 against the Red Sox in the last 52. A lot of oysters, not a lot of pearls, is what the Counting Crows sang a, a while ago, and that's how I look at this roster and this record right now. A lot of cool stuff potentially happening, but you, you're not making jewelry out of any of this quite yet. So, that's the deal. That's the story. I don't want to even play any more audio because it's just sad right now. I'm I'm trying so hard not to take this personally. This is a very slow start. I know I'm the new guy. And if you want to blame me, I totally get it. I feel very bad about all this. But hopefully it will be Evaldi over. The Oakland Athletics and Marco Estrada on Wednesday night, game time, 10.07 p.m. East Coast time. So put on a pot of coffee, stay up late with us, and enjoy. This is Josh Lewin. The snappy ending music comes right now to tell you this has been Sox Daily. Bye-bye.